The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this sunny Wednesday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. It is a beautiful day. It is hot once again, but man, it's beautiful outside right now. Hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday afternoon. It is hump day. Congratulations. You have almost made it halfway through the week here in this first week of August as uh, time is flying by as we are getting closer and closer to the school year starting we're closer to the high school football season and of course the college football season we have so much to talk about here on the show today on this Wednesday edition of on the line on ESPN 106.7 Auburn Opelika sports leader we are 31 days away do you know what that means We are one month away from Auburn football kicking off the 2022 season. That's right. It is August 3rd. Auburn kicks off on September 3rd. We are one month away from Auburn football kicking off the 2022 season. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited. I am ready. I I can't even contain it right now because... There's so much excitement around this season and so much potential in this season. And we're going to talk about so much of that today. We have some Auburn football news today. We are one month away and Auburn got another gift for the 2023 recruiting class. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Phone lines are open, though, all day today. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That is the number to put you through to me. Call in. Be on the line. I would love to hear from you. Anything you have to say going on with Auburn football, anything that you want to chime in on that I'm talking about, or anything on your mind in the sports world, give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We'll put you through to me. You can call in. Be a part of the show. Be on the line. 334-321-1390. Well, as I mentioned, we are 31 days away from Auburn football kicking off the season, officially a month. Today is one month away, folks, as it is August 3rd. Auburn kicks off on September 3rd, and Auburn received some great news today as the 2023 recruiting class got just a little bit bigger with a commitment from another four-star player for the Tigers, Ashley Williams. He was committed to Nebraska, he then decommitted, and he flipped his commitment to Auburn today. The four-star edge has committed to play for Brian Harson and the Tigers. Add that to the list of this stacked 2023 class already, and Auburn's feeling pretty good about themselves in this 2023 recruiting class. 
This is a guy that when we had Christian Clemente from 247 Sports in the house, he talked about how he thought Ashley Williams was going to be a big-time target for Auburn and a very high potential get for Auburn. And sure enough, here we are. The four-star edge, Ashley Williams, has committed to Auburn today about an hour ago is when he made his commitment he decommitted from Nebraska and has now flipped and is committed to play for Auburn he's a four-star defensive edge from Zachary Louisiana he committed to Auburn uh, after coming to Big Cat Weekend we've heard the success from what Big Cat Weekend did this past weekend we've seen the results from what Big Cat Weekend has done over the years and this is no different Auburn made an impact on some kids this weekend over this past weekend, I should say. Auburn made an impact on some guys. They made their impact on the players. They made an impact on their families. They made an impact on their lives. And so far, all I've heard is really good things coming out of Big Cat Weekend this past weekend. And this is no different. As Ashley Williams was on campus for Big Cat Weekend And it just so happens that three days later, he commits to play for Auburn in the 2023 class. He's the number 384 overall prospect, according to 247 Sports Rankings. He's the number 37 edge player and the number 18 player out of the state of Louisiana. This is another four-star guy that you add to a already stacked four-star 2023 class. We've talked about what the 2023 class for Auburn looks like already. There's not a ton of players, but there's a ton of talent. They're going for quality over quantity, and yet here we go again. But now Auburn is starting to pick up some guys to commit, right? They're starting to add to the numbers just a little bit. You pick up a six foot four defensive end, that's a big man playing defensive end. Let's just be real. Right? He's an edge player who stands at six foot four. And in 2021, he had 89 tackles, 22 for loss, 14 sacks, a couple of forced fumbles, and he had one of those returned for a touchdown. He came to Big Cat Weekend. He was impressed. He liked what Auburn had to say, he liked what Auburn was doing. And There were already good vibes about this kid wanting to come to Auburn after he decommitted from Nebraska. There were some reports that maybe he wasn't the happiest with Nebraska. Maybe he wasn't as impressed as he used to be. And he decommitted from them. And there was already a good feeling that he may be interested in Auburn. But after coming to Big Cat Weekend, and again, we know the impact that Auburn coaches had on the players at Big Cat Weekend It's just a few days later that he commits to play for Brian Harson, Rock Bell, and Tony in this 2023 Auburn football team. This is big-time news, folks, because look at the defense. We've talked about this already. Look at the current defense right now for Auburn on on that defensive side. You look at the roster and the seniority on the defensive side of the football. Sure, we're worried about some offensive positions, but just looking at the defense right now, You look at it at all of the guys that are going to be leaving after this year. Auburn's got some dudes to replace. Auburn has some guys at defensive back and defensive edge and defensive line that they're going to have to replace. 
when Jack Cudden was here with me last week, when we were drafting our own 2022 Auburn football team, there was a lot of upperclassmen that I drafted. There was a lot of upperclassmen that he drafted. You look at a guy like Colby Wooden, who's a junior, he probably won't be here. You look at a guy like Marcus Bragg, he's a senior, he won't be here. Marcus Harris as a junior on the defensive line, he's gone. Right? You have these guys as seniors, another senior defensive lineman, a junior defensive tackle, a senior Marquise Burks at defensive tackle. You have Hayden Price at edge as a senior, Derek Hall as a senior at edge. You do have a redshirt freshman. How about Eco Leota, a senior at edge? So the four guys that are technically listed as edge on Auburn's defensive roster right now, four of them are seniors, and the other one is a redshirt freshman. So how important is it for Auburn to go out and pick up a four-star edge to try to replace some of these guys? And he's not the only one. Look at Auburn's 2023 class. They've got some dudes on or already committed to the class. They've got some guys to replace the seniors that are leaving. They have enough dudes to get themselves started right now. Obviously, we want to see more guys commit. We want to see this class Uh, We want to see this class grow and get bigger. We want to add a couple of five stars. Let's add in a couple three stars at the end to try to boost them, to boost the numbers, and to get them on the roster to make them better, right? Those are all of the things that we have talked about. But you look at Auburn's defense right now, this upcoming year, and I think it's so important just looking at the edge position, looking at the roster online and breaking it down, Four out of the, or excuse me, three out of the four edge positions and edge players on Auburn's roster are seniors that are not going to be here next year. And so it's important that Auburn goes and gets a guy like Ashley Williams, who decommits from Nebraska and commits to Auburn today. He's a four star player. He's going to fit in just fine. And you want to talk about a guy that's probably going to be starting very early in his Auburn career? It's going to be Ashley Williams, and there's no doubt about it. There's absolutely no doubt about it in my mind. He will be starting and starting early. And you watch some of his film, he's a, I mean, he can play. He can flat-out play. And so Auburn, yet again, they're going for the quality guys, the guys that they know are going to fit their system offensively and defensively. I think that's what's important here. Auburn's going after guys that are going to fit their system on both sides of the football. Not just who can we get, okay? We've talked about Auburn's strategy and looking from the outside in, it seems like this is the way they're going at it. They have their list of guys, and we talked to Christian Clemente about this last week as well, and he kind of backed it up a little bit. It seems like Auburn has a plan. They have a list of guys that they know they want and that they think they can get, and they're going after those specific guys, and that's it. Now, Is that the best way to do it? I don't know. I'm not a football coach. I'm not a football recruiter. I don't know. I asked Christian, is that a long-term plan? And he didn't know either, right? Auburn has a list of, for easy math, okay, for easy math, let's say they have 50 guys they're going after, okay? They have those 50 that they want to go after, that that they would fit Auburn's roster and Auburn's game plan and Auburn's program the best on and off the field. So Auburn's going to go after those 50 guys and those 50 guys only. 
if this other guy shows up and they overlook this other guy, even if he's a five-star and he's interested in some other schools but he's kind of shaky and Auburn may have a chance, it doesn't seem like they're going after him unless he's just fully ready to come to Auburn. It seems like what Brian Harson and the staff are doing right now is they have their guys and they're doing everything they can to get them. And they don't plan on missing very often. Now they have... And that's, that's part of it. You're not going to get every single one you go after unless you're Nick Saban in Alabama. And even then, every now and then, they'll miss out on one. But Auburn is going after the ones and the dudes that they know, not only they know they need, but they know they can get. And I don't say that in a bad way. I don't say that where Auburn's going after lower-tiered guys because they know they can beat out lower-tiered schools for a lower-tiered player. That's not what's happening here. Look at the 2023 class. They're all four stars still. And there's nothing wrong with four stars. A four-star player is fantastic, folks. That's a great player. And what's great about these guys, and even some of the four stars in the 24 class, can still get rated higher and still become higher-rated players. They could become five stars, maybe. But even if they're not, They're still very, very skilled players. And one thing we know about Brian Harson from his time at Boise State was he didn't recruit five stars because Boise State doesn't pull in five stars. He would take two, three, and some four stars and make them better and still win football games. That's what he's doing. That's what he did at Boise State. Now he's going to try to do that a little bit here. But you got to get better players. Let's head to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Uh, yeah, this is Ed again. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, Ed. How are you, man? I, I, I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, fairly well. Uh, I, I was just going to – I know you all remember. It, I, I'm just uh, – the tight end that uh, Alabama got switched from Ohio State, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and now there's three players. Do you remember? Do, do y'all? And I'm sure you can pull up quote, you know quotes. But Nick Saban has complained uh, after Robert Woodyard, you know, trans, you know, switched, you know, to go to Auburn last year. Mm-hmm. But every time he loses a player, he's like, I, I can't stand these schools trying to switch kids. The, the kids, it's hard enough on you know, and I can't. And yet he is the world's worst. I'm so tired of his dang hypocrisy. I mean, really, he's the biggest baby. You know, and, and I, I mean, he's great. He showed the the nation, you know, uh, uh, that, that college football is going to change, and it has. And he, you know, pretty much, you know, it, it, it'll never be the same. But I, I just... I think there's a little bit, I, I, I don't know. I, I just can't hardly, can you explain that to me? Yeah, he, he, well. And he, he's complaining about finishing number two last year. <laughs> I know. it Well, well, Ed, I think what it comes down to for Nick Saban is he expects such high and such good results and, and perfection, really. It's what he expects from his program, his yeah. players, and himself, right? That's why he has yeah. become so great, and he expects perfection. And so when he misses out on a kid or they flip from Alabama to go somewhere else, or if he loses out on them, whatever it may be, he gets upset and he gets mad. And sure, he's probably going to call out those programs for coming after his players, but 
They all do it. You're exactly right. Alabama does the exact same thing. Until the player puts a pen to paper, they're wide open. Yeah, you remember Javion Coben? Yeah. Cohen, offensive lineman from Phoenix City, you know, it kind of embarrassed Auburn, you know, the way that they wanted. And, you know, Robert Ruben Foster, that there's been several players that, you know, have done that. But I just, you know, to be complaining with the wealth that he has is just so. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I think for somebody like Saban, it's very, very hard to make him happy and please him. And every little, and I mean little now, a little setback is going to make him upset. But that's just the person that he is. That's the coach that he is. He wants perfection. He wants to get every single player. And any time that he doesn't, I think it bothers him a little bit. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing that I do like about him. Uh, I read this a while back, and I'll just be real quick. He asked if there was any ritual that him and you know his wife uh, had after a home win, and uh, they would go home. And he said, "Put on, give me shelter from the stone." <laughs> yep, wide open. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, you well, know, and it shows he is he is actually a human. You know, that's that's what we have to yeah. remember too. As stone cold as he is, and as legendary yeah. as he is, he is a human. And he's competitive, and I, I respect that. Oh, one other thing I was going to say, then what he brought into, and I'll get you know, Auburn's already started with the guy they hired from, I think, from the Dallas Cowboys. But I think that you're going to see more and more of an emphasis on having a beneath the athletic director like a, a, a office, a, you know, full of people that overlook, like in pro football, you've got you know the coaches, and then you've got you know the office, the front mm-hmm. office. I think you're going to have more and more of that to kind of help the coach in trying to, so he can hopefully coach, you know, yeah. because it's, going to, it's asking a little too much of him to do. And so I think you're going to see that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think you're right because the game of college football is no longer just recruit a player and coach them on the field, right? There's so much more to coaching now. You have NIL, Transfer Portal, all of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, they 100% they need some help. Ed, we're up against a break, man. I really appreciate the call. That was Ed here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You can call in, be a part of the show as well. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. When we come back, question of the day. And I'm going to talk about that point from Ed about college football coaches. They need some help, man, because it's no longer just coaching kids on the field. There's so much more to that. We're going to talk about that and the question of the day when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Question of the day here on this Wednesday afternoon on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Question of the day as Auburn football picks up another 2023 commit. Uh, the four-star edge Ashley Williams Jr. as he decommitted from Nebraska and committed to Auburn earlier today. Question of the day to you is this, and I'm really interested to see and hear from you, the listener. So be sure to call in 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. Question of the day. In a recruiting class, and we can talk about 2023 since that's the most relevant one for Auburn. I think right now it's the most important one for Auburn. So we'll talk about for the 2023 recruiting class for Auburn football, would you rather have... 
more players but then be lower stars or less players but then be higher stars in the rankings? That's the question to you. 334-321-1390. In the 2023 recruiting class and even future recruiting classes, would you rather have more players that are less starred rankings or less players that are higher starred rankings, right? Because what brings this question up is looking at this 2023 class where it sat at two players for a long time and then Auburn has slowly added a couple of more players, but there's still only six, right? I think that's the number that we have hit so far is six players in this 2023 recruiting class for Auburn. You look at somebody like Alabama who has 15, 16, however many they have now, and they have a good mixture of five, four, and three stars, right? But that's a different situation talking about Auburn specifically would you rather the recruiting class for 2023 be 15 players with a bunch of three stars and one or two four stars or would you rather it be where it is right now with six but they're all high ranking four stars that have potential to be five stars that's the question to you three three four three two one thirteen ninety that'll put you through to me when you for me and for me personally I'm fine with where the 2023 class is right now. I'm fine with it because of the talent that's on this 2023 class. You look at the guys who are in this thing, and they're all four stars, very high four stars, that is, who have potential to be higher than what they are by the time they sign and show up. You look at how Auburn has gotten these players, take Take Ashley Williams, for example. We just talked to Ed. He called in during the first segment and talked about how Nick Saban sometimes gets upset when other schools come in and try to recruit his players that haven't officially signed yet. Well, first of all, that happens at every single school across the country, so Saban can go ahead and get that get that out of his system because that happens everywhere. Alabama does it to other people too. But look at Ashley Williams. This was a guy that was committed to Nebraska, and then he decommitted. But you can't sit here and tell me that Auburn didn't keep talking to him. Even after he committed to Nebraska, Auburn knew that they wanted him and still had a chance. So Auburn kept contacting him, kept talking to him, kept in his ear. They kept in his, they were basically just keeping themselves in the game. And then he realized, you know, maybe Nebraska's not for me. And then when he decommitted, I guarantee you who the first phone call was from was from Auburn. And so that's how the game works. That's how recruiting works. And look what Auburn was able to do. They go to another school and they take a player from someone else. That's how the game of recruiting works, folks. We've seen players leave Auburn to go play other places. We've seen it happen. And not just in recruiting, now you have to worry about that in the transfer portal. But going back to the question of the day, where I'm going with all this is, Maybe Auburn doesn't have 15 guys in this class yet. But look at the guys they've gotten and look how they've gotten them. Sure, the first two of this class, they were diehard Auburn fans. They wanted to play for Auburn. They were offered early and they committed early. These were guys that were not going anywhere else. But then you start looking at a couple of these guys that were recruited by the players on or in this class right now. Auburn has gone out in different states. They've got a guy from Louisiana now. They have a guy from North Carolina now. Like, that's what's happening right now. And so Auburn is able to go and get these big-time players that are not directly in their backyard. And so it's effective, in my opinion. 
And so looking at this 2023 class, if you ask me, I'm okay with where it sits right now. I'm okay that there's not 15 or 20 players in it. Now, if there were 15 players, we'd be living on high on high tide. We'd be on the moon, over the moon, right? We'd be so excited for that. But that's not where Auburn is. But not yet. Not yet. There's a lot of confidence in myself and a lot of other people that I talk to about where this class could be come December and come February, right? Because December is the early signing period. February is the official signing period. There's a lot of confidence about where this 2023 class could get to by the time that rolls around. But you know what else is in December? The end of the football season. And it comes back to the thing we've talked about. By the time December rolls around, how many wins will Auburn have? How good will they look? What will the national perception be of Auburn football? That's going to determine if this class stays where it is, possibly drops lower, or takes off towards, towards outer space. I mean, there's so much potential, and there's such a wide range on what this 2023 recruiting class could look like. But if you're asking me right now this question, I'm fine with less players that are higher quality because I know what this class can become in just a couple of months. 30 minutes into hour number one, we've got a guest coming on in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss him. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Well, welcoming in a guest for the second time. We talked to him for the first time over at SEC Media Days a couple of weeks ago. We've got Jordan Hill from Dogs247 joining us on the show. Jordan, we are a month away from the college football season. Uh, Man, we've got so much to talk about. We are one month away, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of going pretty quickly as far as the offseason. But yeah, Georgia is back in camp tomorrow and it's kind of the beginning of the end of the offseason, which for me and I'm sure with you as well, Jacob, uh, couldn't happen a moment soon. Absolutely. Look, man, the offseason, it flew by, but yet it went so slow, just like it always does. But we are one month away from the college football season. Let's talk about Georgia a little bit as they are, like everybody else, getting ready for fall camp and fall practice. What are some of the storylines that you're going to be looking for as Georgia, the Bulldogs, get ready for fall camp? Well, you know, I think the big overarching narrative with this team is just going to be how quickly or how well they reload off of last year's team particularly on defense I mean this is a defense that lost eight starters from last year across the board they've lost 14 starters from that national championship team and you know people want to see if Georgia uh, is at the same level of an Alabama where they just come in year in and year out and, and continue to contend for national titles and contend for a spot in the playoff that's really the biggest thing. And, and then really more specifically, there's a couple of position battles that I think are really going to be interesting. Uh, both offensive guard positions truly seem to be pretty wide open, even after seeing a few guys stand out in the spring. And uh, really on the other side of the ball, they've got one inside linebacker who seems to have stepped up. But 
in Georgia's scheme, they're going to have two inside guys. They need someone else to step up. And uh, really, other than that, they've got a safety they got to figure out since Lewis Seen moved on to the NFL. Right now, it kind of looks like a walk-on Dan Jackson, who played a good bit last year, might be that guy. Uh, but fall camp is going to be an opportunity for some guys to step up and see if they can win battles and, and win jobs before this uh, September 3rd game against Oregon gets here. Well, Jordan, you talk about last year's defense for the national championship winning Georgia Bulldogs, one of the best we've seen in college football in a long time. Is it, I mean, is it destiny for this year's defense to have a, a little bit of a drop-off from last year's team just because of the difference in talent level? Well, you know, I was actually asked this uh, earlier this week, and my answer was, you know, I just think it's natural there's going to be some kind of drop-off. I don't think that Georgia's going to manage to have two, you know, otherworldly defenses back-to-back years. Again, this is a defense that lost five uh, first-rounders from a year ago. Uh, But I think this defense can be really good. I mean, I think if you told me at the end of the year uh, that this was one of the better defenses in the SEC, I think it's possible uh, you know, and, and that would be a very big accomplishment if that's a fact, given what they've lost, given Dan Lanning left, the defensive coordinator now at Oregon. Uh, but they just need guys to step up. I mean, I feel like uh, the key for that being an option, being a real possibility, is if they get some defensive linemen who step up around defensive tackle Jalen Carter, a guy that has a really, really legitimate chance to be top five, top ten pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, but he's not going to be able to make plays alone up front. He needs guys around him making plays. They've got guys that look like they could play that part, but obviously they got to do it uh, when it matters. And then again, kind of going back to inside linebacker, I mean, that's what made Georgia, that defense last year, so good. Guys like N'Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall. Those guys are all gone now, and we've seen a few guys that have flashed, but they're very much going to be stepping into bigger roles than they had last year. And they're going to have to play well in order for this defense to really contend. We're talking to Jordan Hill from Dogs 247 here on On the Line. Jordan, as we get into fall camp and fall practice for Georgia, they're coming off a national championship. And we heard the questions at SEC Media Days a couple of weeks ago to Kirby Smart and the players of how do you how do you respond and how do you try to do it again? What have you heard from Kirby Smart and the players outside of Media Days answering that exact question? How do you respond to winning a national championship last year and how do you get ready to do it again? Well, you know, I think Kirby hit on a really good point that I think was well taken. I mean, he said, yeah, he was asked specifically about you know these guys resting on their laurels, and he was like, these guys have no laurels to rest on. I mean, the fact they've lost so many again, fourteen starters from this from the twenty twenty one team are gone, have moved on to the NFL. You know, he said I might feel different if we were coming into a year where we had a lot of these returning starters, had a lot of those contributors back. You know, these these guys are all going to be stepping in. Uh, to some bigger roles. You know, you have some of the very important pieces back from last year's run. Stetson Bennett, Brock Bowers, uh, Keely Ringo, guys like that, Nolan Smith as well. Uh, but a lot of guys are going to be playing a whole lot more than they did on that national title team. And I think that helps from the standpoint of that no one's coming in uh, feeling content, feeling like just because they accomplished what they did last year, it's just going to be a given. Uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting just to see how these guys step up, you know, again, kind of focusing for me more on the defense. Uh, what does it sort of look like, especially early in the year? Is there going to be growing pains as these guys 
um, take on bigger roles because Kirby talked about uh, the fact that they don't lack for talent really on either side of the ball uh, with the people stepping up. It's just they have an experience. And, you know, he knows as well as anyone as long as he's been coaching, you know, there's going to be growing pains. Uh, it's just really how significant they are and, and what kind of issues they present um, is going to be decided as far as how those guys play out there on the field. We're talking to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 Sports. You talked about some of the position battles that are going to be happening during fall camp. One of those is not the quarterback position. You have Stetson Bennett returning, who is a national championship winning quarterback, but there's still so many people that doubt this young man. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that's kind of followed Stetson. I mean, you know, going back to when he was recruited, he was not considered – you know, a top-tier quarterback. I mean, he walked on when he initially came to Georgia. Uh, you know, he nearly, when he, he started at Georgia, left after the 2017 season, goes to a junior college. He was almost a Sun Belt quarterback. He was getting ready to go to UL Lafayette, which uh, is where Billy Napier was at the time. And sort of last minute, Georgia calls him, knowing that they have an open scholarship, bring it back. You know, I think that's just sort of been par for the course for Stetson, but to this point, it's never seemed to really rattle him. I think he takes it in stride. It was uh, really interesting at media days just to kind of listen to him uh, answer questions, and he was sort of getting the same question over and over again. And you can tell it, you know, wasn't probably his favorite thing having to respond uh, the same way to the same question. Uh, but I think he's used to it. I think he's a guy that doesn't really take that to heart as far as. Uh, maybe people overlooking him or thinking he's not, you know, an, an all SEC caliber quarterback, someone like that. Uh, it's not slowed him down so far, and he's coming off of, you know, the biggest moment in Georgia football history as long as he's been alive. Um, so I think it's a situation where he's just going to roll with it, even if you know people aren't thrilled or think there's better options. Stetson never seemed to be the kind of guy that lets that rattle him, and I don't think that'll be an issue again as he goes into his super senior year. And Jordan, there are people that doubt him, but he is a national championship winning quarterback. But asking you specifically as we get into fall camp and fall practice, we're a month away from the college football season. What are some of the things that you want to see Stetson Bennett do differently and possibly even better from last year to this year? I think he hit on some things when we talked to him at Media Days and really harped on how much he had worked on his footwork. And I think that's something that as long as he continues to do and really focus on that that'll be big and even going back to spring Kirby Smart talked about one of the things they were really working with Stetson on was essentially living to see another play you know not feeling like every time you're out there you've got to force something I think Kirby called it you know having boneheaded plays Um, I think that he's sort of learned what that takes I think he's learned as far as knowing uh, that sometimes you're just going to have to get, you know, throw a ball out of bounds or take a sack. I mean, I think with that experience he's gotten, I think he's going to be more comfortable and sometimes deciding, you know, that he doesn't have to try to do something crazy to make a play. Um, that's probably the biggest thing for me is just really seeing that experience utilized, uh, that he's been there, he's seen it, you know, things have gone well, sometimes things haven't gone well. Um, but I, I think using that experience to his advantage and learning to, to live to fight another day sometimes, uh, that's probably the biggest thing for me as far as what I'd like to see as he goes through uh, fall camp getting ready for the year. We've got Jordan Hill of Docs 247 Sports on the phone here on On the Line. 
Jordan, this will be a question that I ask you throughout fall camp because we are going to try and have you on weekly as a guest, giving us all types of good information for the Georgia Bulldogs. But as before fall camp begins, it is starting this week, probably tomorrow or the next couple of days. Who are a couple of players that you want to see maybe break out a little bit and have a good fall camp before the season starts? Yeah, there's a few guys I've actually had a chance to write about the last few days getting ready for fall camp, which for Georgia does start tomorrow. A guy I'm really excited to see is Dominic Blaylock. This is a guy going back to 2019. was kind of a breakout receiver for Georgia as a freshman and has just been dealt kind of a bad hand as far as injuries. He's had a knee injury to the same knee twice the last few years going back to that 2019 SEC championship game. He's a guy that I think has a chance to break into that receiver rotation. He played really, really well uh, during the spring and uh, looking to see if he can continue that and build on uh, what was a very promising start to his career that's been derailed a little bit. And then probably the other big name that really stands out to me is Amarius Mims. He's a guy that got talked about a lot right before G-Day, the Georgia spring game. He entered the portal. It kind of looked like he was going to transfer to Florida State, and that was going to be a big loss for Georgia. He was a five-star signee in the 2021 class. Decides to stay at Georgia. I think he's got a chance to start. It probably won't be at either tackle position. He's got a legitimate chance, I think, to get in the mix at one of those two guard spots, but he's going to have to play well during camp. He's going to have to perform uh, he's been really highly spoken of. We, we've talked to people and, and seen that uh, he's made strides as far as you know his, uh, his conditioning and, and how he understands the offense. But he's going to have to rise to the occasion. And uh, probably the other guy I would throw out there is Smile Munden. Uh, he's an inside linebacker, a guy I kind of think has the chance to start. Uh, he wound up missing spring practice because of a labrum repair. Uh, I think that he has got a lot of potential. He played a lot last year in a reserve role. They need guys to step up at inside linebacker, and I think Smile Munden's got a chance to do that. Jordan Hill from Dogs 247 Sports here on On the Line. A couple of more things before I let you get out of here. Let's look at 2023 recruiting for a second. Uh, it's been a big conversation over here in Auburn with uh, the Tigers picking up their sixth player of the 2023 class and a lot of question marks from fans over here wondering if Auburn recruiting is going to pick up. For Georgia, that's not a big question mark anymore, my friend. They are third in the country in recruiting according to 247 Sports. They have 18 commits, two five stars 12 four stars and four three stars how has georgia become this recruiting dominant juggernaut over the past couple of years not just in the sec but across the country yeah i mean you hit on it jacob i mean the big thing since kirby smart took over at georgia they've been very consistent i mean i think you know they might have been fourth or fifth one year uh, but generally they've been first second third as far as where these classes have ranked they're off to a good start again. Right now, Georgia entering August has the third overall class. Uh, got a lot of talent. You know, they kind of turned heads a few weeks ago when Justice Haynes, who is a Georgia legacy, decided to commit to Alabama. And, uh, you know, a lot of people on our message board had a little bit of issue with him not landing in Athens. But they've gotten a lot of talent. We've heard some good things, too, um, on top of the guys they've already had committed. Uh, I think things are looking up as far as this class. They're probably going to have to figure out the running back position. Uh, that might be something they decide to just go into the transfer portal, which really only helps Georgia as far as having that option to add on to the talent they've got. Uh, but, yeah, things are shaping up really well. I think Kirby, when he came to Georgia, having played at Georgia, 
sort of understood that it was going to, you know, getting Georgia to the level he wanted it to be a national title contender on a pretty regular basis, it was going to be all about recruiting. And, you know, they've done a very good job of that since the moment he stepped on campus in December 2015. And um, you see what it's led to. Georgia has been uh, right there over and over again, obviously broke through in January and finally won a title. Um, but they've made recruiting such a, a huge priority, and they've done a very good job of evaluating and bringing in the guys they need uh, to win games Saturday after Saturday. Well, not only is Kirby Smart a fantastic recruiter, but I think Georgia has gotten to the point as a program where it recruits itself. It's on the level of Ohio State, and it's on the level of Alabama where you don't have to – I mean, yes, they do work very hard, but they don't have to because Georgia does recruit itself. But then on top of the hard work from Kirby and the coaches, that's where Georgia becomes so dominant on the recruiting trail. Jordan Hill from Dogs 247 Sports. Man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Let everybody know where they can keep up with everything you're doing with Dogs 247. Yeah, absolutely. Dogs247.com. Check uh, me out on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill, and then also our Twitter at Dogs247. A lot of stuff coming out this week, getting ready for fall camp. A busy time of year, but uh, always a fun time of year as we get ready for the start of the season. Well, no doubt we got a lot to talk about between now and and, uh, four weeks when the season starts. Jordan Hill of Dogs247. I'll talk to you next week, man. Sounds great, Jake. That was Jordan Hill of Dogs247 here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I talked to Jordan Hill and met him for the first time over at SEC Media Days. Really enjoyed talking to him. I had him on the show when we were on Radio Row and really, really enjoyed our conversation. And I want to bring him on every single week to give us some coverage of Georgia, see what's going on over in Athens, talking about recruiting, talking about the upcoming season through fall camp. And then, of course, during the season, we'll bring him on. We'll talk about the previous week's game and the upcoming game as we do with Auburn Alabama and so many others so that was Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line let's take our final break at hour number one we'll come back and talk a little Atlanta Braves baseball when we come back here on ESPN 106.7 Auburn Obelika sports leader you are on the line on ESPN 106.7 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 Wrapping up hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Obelika Sports Leader. Big thank you to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 Sports for jumping on the show, talking all things Georgia Bulldogs football as we are one month away from the college football season for Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, most of the SEC schools, and most of the schools around the country. Uh, We are one month away from the season starting for them. Of course, there are a couple of games before that Saturday. There's a couple of games on that Thursday night. And Vanderbilt plays uh, uh, Hawaii on week zero. They play like a week before everybody else. I think last year, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Wasn't it Florida and Miami that played last year in week zero? Or was that the year before? I cannot remember. I know those two teams played, I think. I could be wrong. I could be very, very wrong on that, but I think that's what happened last year, the year before Florida-Miami played in that Week 0 game. Either way, Vanderbilt and Hawaii play in this year's Week 0, 
Not that that's going to be the most exciting game in the world, but it's football and it's college football, so we're going to watch it. So, again, big thank you to Jordan Hill of Dogs247 coming on the show. We're going to try and have him on every single week. Uh, still working out the dates. Should be Wednesday, but we'll try to see uh, what works best with his schedule. But we are going to have him on every single week talking all things Georgia Bulldogs here on On the Line. But just a couple of more minutes. We've got about two minutes before uh, this first hour wraps up. The phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world, please give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. Let's talk a little Atlanta Braves real quick as it looked like today was going to be a good day for the Braves. And turns out it was not. Yesterday was good, right? The Yesterday, the Braves, they started their two-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And remember, we've talked about this tough stretch for the Braves in this month of August. They've got three weeks of some tough baseball, folks. And they started out really well with a 13-1 victory on top of the Phillies. They beat the Phillies 13-1 yesterday in the first game of a two-game series against the Phillies. Their second game was today. They started earlier, and they wrapped up about 30 minutes ago or so. The Braves were up 1-0 in the eighth inning when I looked. When I came into the studio, started doing the show, I didn't have it pulled up. I got the final notification. Braves lose 3-1. They give up three runs in the matter of two innings. And the Braves lose. They split the two-game series with the Phillies. And let's see. Oh, never mind. They were up one nothing in the seventh, I believe. And then they gave up three runs in the eighth inning. And that's what did it. The Braves give up three in the eighth. And they lose to the Phillies three to one. So they split a two-game series. So not the end of the world. But when you were up one nothing so late in the ballgame, that's one you want to try and finish. Because now, this is where it gets tough. The Braves head to New York to take on the Mets in a five-game series Thursday, Friday, two games Saturday, and a game on Sunday, a five-game series at the New York Mets. That's a tough stretch of baseball for the Braves. Look, you split the series with the Phillies, that's fine. With the New York Mets, you got to try and win the series. I don't know how you're going to do it. Take three out of two, or take three of five. Go three and two. Don't get swept. Don't go one and four. Stay alive. That's the best thing I can do and tell you to do. That's it for hour number one. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more in hour number two. It's coming up. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. 
I'm your man Jacob Goins here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday afternoon. Sun is shining here in the Auburn Opelika area and hope you're all doing well on this hump day. Congratulations. We are so close to the middle of the week. You're almost to the back end of the week, right? We're so close. Uh, getting closer by the day to the weekend, to college football season as we are one month away. Today is the one month mark before Auburn football kicks off the 2022 season. We have a lot to talk about with Auburn football and the one month mark of the college football season. We have a lot to talk about here in hour number two. Hope you're all doing well, though, on this Wednesday afternoon. Again, so much to talk about in this second hour. If you missed any of hour number one, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. I'll upload that immediately following today's show so make sure you go and find that just search on the line wherever you get your podcast or go to espnau.com that's espnau.com you can go to the podcast center there and you can find all of my podcasts right there commercial free by the way on espnau.com Hour number one, we had Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 Sports also talked about some Auburn football recruiting, so you make sure if you missed any of that, go back and find that. Just search the podcast, go to ESPNAU.com, wherever you want to get it, make sure you go and find that. But hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 106.7. Phone lines are open. Let me hear from you. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. Anything on your mind in the sports world. I would love to hear from you. Give me a call. Be a part of the show. Be on the line. 334-321-1390. And let's start hour number two like we always do with making headlines here on Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. We are 31 days away, officially a month out of college football for Auburn, kicking off the 2022 season. One month away. Can you believe it? Can you believe that we are just a month away after it seemed like the the season was doomed and we had nothing to look forward to? Doesn't it seem and feel like February and all of that going down with Harson was like a week ago? I mean, doesn't it really feel like that was a week ago that we talked about that and just kept getting more information and didn't know what to believe? That seems like it was last week. But no, that was back in February. It's now August. And we are officially one month away from the college football season. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. But here in making headlines on this Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022, speaking of Auburn football, they had some great news earlier today. For the 2023 recruiting class, they make a big-time impact on a player from Big Cat Weekend. He was committed to Nebraska. He decommitted from Nebraska, and then he committed to your Auburn Tigers. Ashley Williams, the four-star edge, after decommitting from Nebraska, he has committed to play for Brian Harson, Rock Bellatoni, and the Auburn Tigers. Ashley Williams, the four-star defensive edge from Zachary, Louisiana. He committed to Auburn earlier today. He was on campus this past weekend for Big Cat Weekend. Uh, Auburn made a big impact on him like they did on so many other players that we heard from. And that was the word on the street was Auburn made a huge impact on a lot of kids and families and Big Cat Weekend was very, very successful as it has been in the past. But this may have been one of the biggest ones that Auburn's ever had Uh, just with everything that was at stake with the players and recruits that were on campus. 
for 2023, 2024, even some 2025 kids. There was so much um, just riding on this past weekend, and it seems like Auburn knocked it out of the park. It seems like Brian Harson and the coaches, they did what they needed to do. They made an impact on a lot of players and their families and their lives. And we've already seen a couple of commitments come out of this, but yet here's another one right here. Ashley Williams, the four-star edge, He's a 2023 commit. He becomes the sixth player for Auburn football in this 2023 class. All six players are four stars in their respective positions. Now, we can look and compare at Auburn's recruiting class rankings versus Georgia or Alabama, who have 18 commits apiece, right? We can look at that, and we're like, man, I wish we were there, right? I was looking at Georgia's recruiting rankings earlier when we were talking to Jordan Hill. They're third in the country. They have two five-stars and 12 four-stars. Auburn would love to be there, but let's be honest. Auburn's not there yet, but don't get discouraged. Don't get defeated by Auburn being ranked 60-something in the country with their recruiting class. They're taking their time. They're getting the guys they want, and it's still slowly building up, right? We know that there's a lot of players who like Auburn and are interested in Auburn and want to come play here. But certain, certain things have to happen before they're going to fully commit to do that. But Auburn picks up Ashley Williams, the four-star defensive edge today. He is uh, the 384th overall prospect in the class of 2023. He's the number 37 player at his position. He stands at six foot four, six foot five, and uh, 225 pounds. So he's a pretty big guy at the edge position. And one thing I talked about back in the first hour, talking about this guy committing to Auburn, you look at the edge position on Auburn football's roster right now, there's four guys listed at the edge position. Three of those are seniors, including Derek Hall, who may be one of the best in all of college football. You got to replace guys like him. And what what better way to do it with a very, very talented, high-ranking four-star Ashley Williams Jr., who could become a five-star by the time this all is said and done. Auburn football picked up a big-time commit. They have six now in this 2023 class. I expect that to grow throughout the football season and grow very much so by the time December and February rolls around for the early signing period and the regular signing period. Auburn picks up a four-star edge. Ashley Williams, he decommits from Nebraska and he flips his commitment to Auburn. Moving on and making headlines. This one is uh, not so exciting and it's not really Auburn related. It's just sports. Vince Scully, the legendary Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers play-by-play announcer has passed away. The news broke uh, late last night. He has passed away. Uh, He was one of the best to ever do play-by-play for baseball and radio and TV. He did a little bit of both. And Vin Scully, everybody has a story that they've heard from Vin Scully. Some type of, some game that they were watching. A lot of older generation, right? A lot of older games in, in, in baseball. But, I mean, this guy was class act. He was as good as it gets. Baseball is a very, very hard sport to do play-by-play for. And I'm very young in my career doing play-by-play, and I found that out already, that baseball is extremely difficult. But he made it seem so easy. And he made it seem like he was so – and I'm not saying he wasn't. He was so friendly, 
right, on the broadcast and during the games, he was one of those broadcasters and announcers that you felt like you knew on a personal level. When you listened to him talk about baseball and broadcast the games, you didn't feel like you were listening to a baseball game broadcast. You felt like you were listening to a best friend talk to you about baseball. That's what made him so special. That's what made him so good. And then in the big-time moments, he knew how to be electric. He knew how to make the right call. But like the great broadcasters do, he also knew when not to say anything. And that's what the best broadcasters do is they don't talk in the, in the specific times, in the specific moments. That's what, it, that's what a great broadcaster does in sports broadcasting, whether it's TV or radio. In the big-time moments, there's sometimes you're not supposed to talk. And Vince Coley knew that, but the times that he did, I mean, he was just so good, and he touched so many lives in the game of baseball, the game, or in the, the profession of sports broadcasting, and just across sports in general. Everybody knows and knew who Vince Scully was. Everybody knew how good at his job that he was, and it's really upsetting to see that he, uh, he passed away last night. Vince Coley, one of the best to ever do it. He will be uh, remembered forever in, in the game of baseball. He'll be remembered forever in the, the profession of sports broadcasting. And it's a guy that I've listened to so many games of and listened to him call. And I've gone back and listened to him call so many games. And it's something that I model my broadcasting on is Vince Coley in the game of baseball. He has passed away. And so thoughts and prayers to his family. And just a, a legend has been, has been taken from the game of baseball. Moving on in making headlines, another one that's not uh, – I, I hate that we're having these types of headlines. It, it really just it breaks my heart to, to have these types of headlines. It's um, talking about Alabama and their broadcasting team, their longtime play-by-play announcer, Eli Gold for football. He, uh, he is stepping down from the position for this, the start of this upcoming Alabama football season. They announced today that he's having some health issues, and so uh, he is – I'm not sure what is fully going on with him, but he has decided to not start the Alabama football season as their play-by-play announcer with those health concerns. And so uh, he will not be starting the football season. And again, this is something where you hate to see it. And this is a lot bigger than, than a rivalry. That's a lot bigger than football. You want to talk about a guy that does a fantastic job. It's Eli Gold who does play-by-play for Alabama football I mean, he is just, he's very, very good at what he does. It's a different style of broadcasting, too, but it works. And it works for him. It works for Alabama. And he has been with them for so long and been through with them for so many big time moments in Alabama football history. We, uh, we wish him a speedy recovery and hopefully he can get back in the booth this season for Alabama football. I mean, think about the time where it was Eli Gold for Alabama and Rod Bramlett for Auburn. And now you have Andy Burcham, who has filled Rod's shoes so well. I mean, it's, it's sad to see a lot of these big names in, in sports broadcasting going through these, these issues and going through, uh, you know, everything that we've been talking about. And so uh, thoughts and prayers for Eli Gold and his family. Hopefully he can get back in the booth sooner rather than later for Alabama's broadcasting team. Moving on here and making headlines, Nick Saban talked today on Jocks 94.5 up in Birmingham, and he had a quote, and everybody was like, what? He said, last year for Alabama was a rebuilding year. Think about that. Nick Saban, head coach of Alabama, referred to last year as a rebuild year 
for the Alabama Crimson Tide. A year where they won 10 games. A year where they go to the national championship game. A year where their quarterback wins the Heisman Trophy. And it was a rebuilding year for the Crimson Tide. That's what Nick Saban called it. This morning on radio. What does that even mean? Does Alabama have rebuilding years? I don't think so. Nobody in their right mind can say after 10 wins and playing in a national championship game and your quarterback winning the Heisman Trophy that it was a rebuilding year. There's just no way. That's not true. That's wrong. That's false. That's not, no. (laughs) I refuse to believe that. But I think he meant it. Because that's the standard that Nick Saban has set at Alabama. We hate to hear about it, right? We hate it, and we cannot stand that that is the truth, but it is. And I think he genuinely believes that, that last year was a rebuild year. When you think about it, though, it does sort of make sense. They should have lost in the Iron Bowl. Alabama shouldn't have been in the playoff. But they win the Iron Bowl, they scrape their way in, and then they do get to the national championship game. They had so many injuries that they couldn't do anything, and they lose to Georgia. Nick Saban expects to win a national championship every year. And so when they don't, it's a down year. And I think he really meant that last year was a rebuild year. Sure, they had a lot of talent, but maybe not as much talent as they normally do. Maybe not as much talent as Nick Saban would want. And so maybe he meant it that last year was a rebuild year. They're going to have some talent this year, folks. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Alabama's going to be good. We're going to have to wait and see. Can they trip up in the SEC? Can Auburn get to a point where they can compete with Alabama at some point this year when the Iron Bowl rolls around? We know what the Iron Bowl means. And we know how the Iron Bowl plays out a lot of the time. There are blowouts here and there from both sides. But most of the time, no matter what type of team that each, each program has, whether one's undefeated and the other's winless, whatever it may be, the Iron Bowl is the Iron Bowl. But I'm telling you what, Alabama's going to be good. Can Auburn step up and compete with Alabama in a non-rebuilding year? We're going to have to wait and find out. Moving on and making headlines. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. We have our Wednesday MLB update here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Just kind of looking at the standings around Major League Baseball as the trade deadline is officially over. We've seen some big-time uh, we saw some big-time trades from big-time teams and big-time players, right? We saw Juan Soto. I think that was the biggest name on the trade market. He was traded from the Washington Nationals to the San Diego Padres. We saw some guys from the Yankees move to the Dodgers. We saw the Red Sox move a lot of guys. We saw the Braves move a lot of guys. We saw the Braves sign Austin Riley to a 10-year, $112 million deal. I think it was a very smart decision for the Braves to do that and secure their third baseman for a long long time but looking at the standings as it is today on Wednesday August 3rd as we are beginning the month of August in the MLB we'll start in the American League and then we'll move into the National League looking at the American League East this one is I mean it's confusing as all get out I just don't understand what's going on here you have the New York Yankees on top the first team to 70 wins they have 70 and 36 they are 11 games on top in the American League East you have the Toronto Blue Jays Tampa Bay Rays Baltimore Orioles and then the Boston Red Sox who are five or 53 and 52 every single team is yet again above 500 And what's interesting is the Red Sox are 16 and a half games back of the Yankees, but yet 
they're still right there for a wild card spot. They're still right there in position to make the playoffs. If you look at the American League right now, the Red Sox are only two and a half games back of a wild card spot. So think about how crazy that is in the American League. But as we move on from the American League East to, uh, excuse me, from the American League East to the American League Central, you have the Minnesota Twins at 55 and 49, the Cleveland Guardians one game back, Chicago White Sox two and a half games back, and then a long way back, Detroit and Kansas City. The West, you have the Houston Astros, who again, quietly having a fantastic season folks and they are uh, getting a little bit better they have Christian Vasquez the catcher from the the Boston Red Sox he was traded to them right before their matchup so that was kind of interesting the Red Sox and the Astros were playing each other or about to play each other and the starting catcher for the Red Sox Christian Vasquez was traded to the Houston Astros about 45 minutes before first pitch. Uh, it, it was weird. It was awkward. There was a lot of emotions. It was weird. I, I've never seen anything quite like it, but it turned out to be okay. But talking about the Houston Astros, they are having a fantastic season, 67-38. and 38. They are 10 and a half games up on the Seattle Mariners, Texas Rangers, Los Angeles Angels, and the Oakland Athletics all way, way behind. Looking at the National League, we'll start in the Central West and then we'll go to the East with your Atlanta Braves. Starting in the Central, the Milwaukee Brewers on top, 57 and 46. Right behind them, the Cardinals, 55 and 48, two games back. And then everybody else is pretty far back. The Reds, Cubs, and the Pirates are way back there. Looking at the National League West, you have the Dodgers on top at 70 and 33. They are 11 and a half games up on the San Diego Padres, but they now have their big three with, uh, I mean, they've got some talent. Juan Soto being traded to the Padres. They have Fernando Tatis Jr., they have Juan Soto, and they have Manny Machado. So they have their big three. Can they come back from an 11-and-a-half game deficit in the West, followed by the San Francisco Giants, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Colorado Rockies? And looking at the National League East with your Atlanta Braves, they are three games back in second place of the New York Mets at 65-38. and 38. Your Braves are 63-42, and 42, three games back of those Mets. So a big-time series coming up in New York. Five straight games in New York for the Braves. This is a a, a do or die, not necessarily, but this is a big series for the Braves. You're three games back. If you get beat pretty heavily here, I mean, you could fall back seven or eight games if you're not careful. So the Braves in second place at 63 and 42. You look at the Phillies, 56 and 48, nine and a half games back, and then the Marlins and the Nationals way behind them. That is your Wednesday MLB update here on this Wednesday edition of On the Line. Let's take our first break in hour number one, or excuse me, hour number two. We are in second hour, not the first hour. Phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world, give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. You can call in, be on the line. We'll talk about the question of the day when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Question of the day here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, and it revolves around Auburn football recruiting as the Tigers picked up their sixth commitment of the 2023 class. Question of the day to you is this. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. In this 2023 class, as we are sitting at six players for the Auburn Tigers, 
Would you rather, okay, this is always a fun game, would you rather, would you rather have more players in the 2023 class, let's say 15, would you rather have 15 players in this class that are lower rated than the ones we have now, or would you rather have less players but a higher rated like the ones we have now? That's the question to you, 334-321-1390. And remember, if Auburn had more players, they would probably have a higher-rated recruiting class as it stands right now. If they had more players, they would probably have a higher-rated class than they do right now. Because you want to know where Auburn is, according to 247 Sports, which is a pro- – I mean, they their recruiting rankings are pretty solid. I use it all the time. As of right now – Auburn is 63rd in the country in their 2023 recruiting class with six commits. If Auburn had 15 or 16, they're probably a top 30 recruiting class. But those six, those 15 commits would only be three stars, maybe one or two four stars. Would you rather have that or continue on the path that Auburn is on right now, picking up one or two players as they go, but picking up high-quality guys? That's the question, 334-321-1390. I'd love to hear from you and what you have to think and what you have to say about this topic because I think there's, there's no wrong answer here, right? You can Your preference is your preference. Your opinion is your opinion. Whether you want to see more guys in the class and you have reasons for that, or you want to see less guys but higher rated ones in the class, and you have your opinions and reasons for that. I want to hear from you, 334-321-1390. For me personally, look, I talked about this in the first hour. I like what Auburn's doing. I like where they're at. I like how they are approaching this. Sure, I'd love to see more players. I'd love to see more than six, especially when you see some teams on here that have 18, 19, and 20 commits. Right, You're looking at Auburn as a third of the way to those teams. But Auburn is not where those teams are. And Auburn started in a really rocky spot. Right, You, you think about when Brian Harson took over here, recruiting was in, was in the dumpster. It was terrible. I mean, it was so bad. It was horrible. And Brian Harson's mentality on recruiting probably did not help that. We know that... Uh, recruiting may not have been a major priority when he first showed up. That quickly changed. We also know the offseason stuff did not help. That has now blown over, and we have all moved on from that. And the efforts from the coaches and the coaching staff and the head coach, Brian Harson, the efforts seem to be there. And it seems like they are attempting to do the right things to get good recruits on campus and get them to commit. With that being said, you do only have six guys in the 2023 recruiting class. And so there's a lot of people that are concerned. There's a lot of people that are thinking, how in the world are you going to go from 63rd recruiting class in the country to a top 20, top 15 class? How are you going to do that? Well, just keep doing what you're doing, if you ask me. I think you just keep doing what you're doing. Auburn's going after good guys. They're going after high-rated guys, and they're going after guys that are going to fit their system properly. And if you ask me, I would rather have a four-star, even a three-star player. Now, this may be a hot take. 
I would rather have a four- or three-star player that fits the system better and will be a bigger impact because he fits the system better rather than just some random five-star who may or may not work on your team and your system. And it's not just about the plays that you run. It's about the mentality of your team. It's about the the off-the-field stuff that you do, the off-season stuff that you do, the attitude, the work ethic. All of that goes into recruiting a player. And so if you ask me, I would rather have either a really good three-star or a solid four-star that fits all of those categories for my team rather than some random five-star. And that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. I believe that. And I think that's where Brian Harson and Auburn have kind of put themselves at. They haven't gotten three stars, though, in this class. They have all four stars. If they can find that five-star that fits those things, then obviously they're going to try and go after them, and I'm sure they are. Right? I'm sure they are going after those guys. But you saw during Brian Harson's time at Boise, he didn't get five stars. He got three and four stars, two and three and four stars that he would then make better and win football games. He tried to have that mentality at Auburn, and he quickly found out that's not going to work. But he didn't abandon it completely because it does work to a certain point, to a certain extent. He's going after guys that are obviously higher rated than the ones he was getting in Boise, Idaho. He's going after higher rated guys, but he's still sticking to his guns and sticking to the system of this guy fits what we are trying to do to a T. Let's go after him rather than going after the super highly rated guy that everybody's going after that A, you're probably not going to get and B, is probably not even going to fit your system and get quality playing time because of whatever that reason might be. I like that approach better. I like the approach they're doing now better than let's just go after every single big name, big talent and hope we get them and hope that we win and hope that we can actually get commitments from them. Because let's be honest, right now, you're not beating out those other big time schools. Hey, we got 30 more minutes here on this Wednesday edition of On the Line. When we come back, we're a month away from college football. We're going to talk all about it. Stay tuned. With Jacob Goetz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Hey, before we get into college football conversation, I was scrolling uh, through Twitter uh, during the break, and I don't know how I missed this, but it may have just been announced, I'm not sure, but... Kentucky and Gonzaga in the game of college basketball. Kentucky and Gonzaga have announced a home and home series. How cool is that? It's about it's about time, right? That Gonzaga plays somebody during the regular season. Uh, they've played a couple of games out of conference before their conference schedule, but now they get to play Kentucky in a home and home. How cool is that? That's going to be a fantastic series. Uh, it says that. According to the March Madness page, John Calipari and Mark Few, of course, the respective head coaches for Kentucky 
and Gonzaga, excuse me, John Calipari and Mark Few announced a home-and-home series starting November 20th in Spokane, that's where Gonzaga plays, with a return trip to Rupp next season, obviously where Kentucky plays in Lexington. So they're starting up this year, November 20th. Kentucky will travel to Gonzaga to take on the Zags. And then next year, Gonzaga will come to Rupp Arena and play Kentucky and Lexington. That's really cool. Awesome. I did not see that. So that's exciting. That's big time news in the game of college basketball. Of course, uh, we talked a lot about Auburn yesterday and their games in Israel, but I just saw this announcement. I wanted to talk about that for a second because that is really cool that Kentucky and Gonzaga will now be playing each other. And look, you all know my opinion on Gonzaga. You all know, if you've listened since basketball season, you, you know how I feel about Gonzaga. If they can beat big-time teams and play big-time teams and actually win, then I, have, I don't have a problem with them. But until Gonzaga wins a national championship doing what they're doing, I'll never, they'll never have my respect. I'm sorry. They just won't. They just won't do it. And I love that they're starting to schedule some of these games in the early season, but Here's the thing, too, and I'll say this about Auburn. I'll say this about anybody. With college basketball, it starts in it starts so early, right? So take this game in November between Kentucky and Gonzaga, for example. You play in late November, but then you have December, October, or excuse me, December, January, February, and then March. You basically have four months in between when you play a game like this and when you play in the postseason in March Madness. College basketball teams in a four-month span, they change and improve or even get worse by so much that it's, it's a completely different team. By the time the team that plays in November and the team that's playing in March, they are completely different teams. Do you remember watching Auburn this past year when they were playing teams like when they were playing in that tournament, right? When they played UConn and they lost in double overtime versus when they were playing in January and February and then how they were playing in March? Three separate teams. They were all separate, right? That's what makes college basketball so special and so unique and also so weird because, sure, it's great that Kentucky and Gonzaga are playing each other, but they're playing in November, It's like when Alabama did that this past year when they were beating all those number one teams and they did it early on. That's great. Now, they did beat Baylor in January, right? I'll give them that. But when they played Gonzaga, it was early on. Look at the difference between that Alabama team versus the Alabama team down the stretch. It's two different teams. That's what's so tough about college basketball is, sure, it's great to play tough non-conference opponents in early season play, but it doesn't even matter, really. It really doesn't. Whether it's Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky, Gonzaga, whoever it may be, it's cool to play those teams, and it's good practice, and I think those games are good, and they should happen, and they should exist, but they don't really matter, right? They don't really matter. What matters is conference play in college basketball. You use the non-conference play to get ready for that and to make sure you're ready to go when January rolls around and conference play gets going, but if you lose or win these games in November, it doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't because the team and the teams that play in November for college basketball are completely different than the ones that are playing in late February and in March. But sorry, I just wanted to talk about that for a second. I think it is really cool, though, that Kentucky and Gonzaga have agreed on a home and home rather than playing in some 
random neutral site playing in New Orleans or playing in, in New York or, or wherever they have been playing all these random games. I, I'd like the, the early season tournaments, but playing these types of games in neutral site for college basketball, I just don't like it. Home and homes, they need to do this for football too, by the way. But this is really cool. Kentucky and Gonzaga have announced a home-and-home series for college basketball. They'll play at Gonzaga November 20th this year, and then they will travel and play in Rupp Arena in Lexington next season. I saw that during the break and wanted to talk about that. But we are one month away from college football. That's right. We have football to talk about, folks. We are one month away from Auburn kicking off the 2022 season. And what I kind of wanted to talk to you about and even hear from you, 334-321-1390, that's the number to put you through to me, is now that we are one month away officially from Auburn football kicking off the season, how are you feeling right now? How do you feel about this program? How do you feel about this team? What are your expectations for this year? I mean, are you excited for this college football season for Auburn? Or are you just like, eh, whatever? How do you feel? I want to hear from you. I'm going to be asking this all the time between now and then. Does it Has it changed in the last couple of weeks? Has it gotten worse? Has it gotten better over the last few weeks? And then over the next month, I'm going to continue to ask you this because I genuinely want to hear what you have to say and how you are feeling about this upcoming football season with Auburn because, look, we're a month away. And I think if you, if you listen to this show, you know – that I am ready. I'm excited. I'm very confident in what is going to happen. And as the season gets closer and closer, I think that's only going to grow for me. But I know not everybody agrees with that. right? I know there's a lot of you that are very, very concerned with what this season has in store. There's a lot of you that are worried that Auburn does not get very many wins this year. There are also some of you that may be in the same boat as me. You may be excited for football season. You may be confident and what's going to happen this year. There may be some of you that are middle ground. You're a little excited because football's back, baby, right? But there's also some of you that are like, man, I could just, I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if Auburn's going to be good or, or terrible. I don't know if Auburn's going to win eight or nine games or win three or four. And that's okay. It's totally okay to think that. But I think what we can all agree on And what we all should agree on is it's football season is right around the corner. And college football season is the best sports season that there is. We're a month away from waking up at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning and getting ready for college game day. We're a month away from getting up on Saturday mornings and turning on SEC Nation. We're a month away from planning out an entire day of tailgating. We're a month away from laying out the games that we're going to watch on TV all day long. If if you're into the the gambling side, you're into that part as well. You're trying to figure out, all right, what am I eating for breakfast? What am I going to have for lunch? Or what am I going to have for dinner? Right? Who all's coming over to watch the games? Or where are we going to watch the games? Are we going to a tailgate? Are we going to the bar? Are we going to the sports bar? Where are we going? What's the plan? We've got football to watch today. You're keeping up with the scores on your phone. You're keeping up with the SEC. You're keeping up with some of the bigger schools around the country. We're one month away from all of that. We're also a month away from sweating to death, sitting in Jordan-Hare Stadium, but the first two games are night games, which is really good. We do have that going for us, right? We do have that going for us. But we're a month away from the season, and 
I'm really having a hard time figuring out where this fan base stands right now. Because I think it's very split, but I really don't know. I don't. I don't know. But here's what I can tell you. Let's talk about how the optimism with you and the entire Auburn fan base can be lifted. How can the optimism grow and rise over the next month? Okay, this is something we talked about a couple of months ago when we were, uh, I forget when I did something similar to this, but we're a month away. And by the time Auburn kicks off on September 3rd, the one thing that has to happen is the fan base to be united. That has to happen between now and then. I think we've done a pretty good job at that. I think the fans have gotten a lot better and a lot closer and a lot more in unison over the past couple of months for Auburn in the fact of, okay, we need to support this program, but it's not everything. It's not everybody. We're not there. We're not where we need to be yet. Auburn fans, within the next month, whether you're excited for the season or you're dreading the season or you're optimistic or you're pessimistic, whatever it is, and whatever you expect is going to happen, whether you expect Auburn to go undefeated or you expect Auburn to not win a single game, the one thing that needs to happen is the fan base to come together and get behind the program, get behind the coaches, get behind the players and support them. They're doing the right things, and they are trying. I can hear it in what they're saying. I can see it in their eyes when they talk to the media. You can see these things are happening. But this is college football, and this is Auburn, Alabama. We should be excited for football season. We shouldn't be worried about it. We shouldn't have to be stressing if Auburn is going to have a head coach next year. We shouldn't be worried if Auburn's going to make it through the season with the head coach. Those are not things for Auburn University to be worried about. The Auburn football program should not be stressing going into the season. You know who, what fans are not worried about this season? Alabama fans. You know what fans are not worried about this season? Georgia fans. You know what fans are not worried about this season? Ohio State fans. Clemson fans. Those guys are not worried about it at all because they know they're going to be great. And they know that they have the talent and the coaches to do so. But you know what? In my opinion, and this is me, you don't have to agree with this, but this is my opinion, I think Auburn does have the coaches to be great. And I think Auburn does have the players to be great. Maybe not to that level. But I've talked about this. I like what's going on. I like what's happening. And with practices starting up, Tomorrow, there's a lot to be learned between now and September 3rd in 31 days, a month from today. There's a lot to be learned, right? But I like what's happening. And I like the guys on this team. I like the talent. And I like the coaches. And I think good things are happening. But I want this to be exciting. The next month, I don't want this on the show and in, in on Twitter and wherever it is. I don't want it to be stress and I don't want it to be us worrying if Auburn's actually going to have a good year let's go into this thing with some confidence let's go into this season believing that Auburn can actually win football games because I think they can and I think they will but I want everybody to be on that same page I want everybody in the Auburn fan base and in this town of Auburn Alabama to be in agreement on that 
Let's enjoy this. Let's have some fun. Let's look forward to the football season. Not dread it and grind our teeth and cross our fingers and pray to God that it's going to be a good year. Let's have the confidence that it will be. And let's take this thing one day at a time, one game at a time. And the good thing about it is the first two games are wins. Auburn's going to win these games, but that's not why they play them. We get to watch and see what improvements Auburn made from last year, and Auburn gets to use these games to get ready to play Penn State in week three. And then coming into that game, Auburn should have a lot of momentum and and should be really feeling good about themselves. And then after Auburn beats Penn State, then you get to play Missouri in your home place, a team that Auburn should blow the doors off of, and I think they will. And then after that, you get to play LSU at your place. You get to play an LSU team who, who knows what's gonna, what they're going to look like in week four. Who no, or excuse me, week five. Who knows what they're going to look like with a brand new head coach and Brian Kelly. But going into that game, there should be a lot of momentum and a lot of excitement as well. There's no reason for us to feel scared and to feel worried and to be anxious about Auburn having a good or bad season. Let's come together. Let's get excited because we're one month away from college football. We're less than that from college football itself. We're one month away from Auburn football, but we're, one, we're less than a month away from college football in general. The greatest sport on earth coming back here in the South. Let's get excited because I am and I want you to be as well. Let's take our final break here in hour number two. We'll come back and wrap up this Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika sports leader Jacob Goins with you here for the next couple of minutes. It'll be the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck right after me, so make sure you stay tuned from 4 to 6 here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika sports leader. Well, final take today, it's kind of what I just talked about. We're a month away from the college football season. Let's get excited. Here in the Auburn area, or if you're an Auburn fan uh, across the state of Alabama, across the country, across the world, wherever you may be, and if you're a college football fan in general, let's get excited for college football being back. There's a lot of negatives around college athletics right now, and there's a lot of people who are hating on the game of college football, college basketball, and again, just college athletics. With so much changing and so much uncertainty and so much negativity going on in college athletics, we forget why we love it so much. We forget the entertainment that it brings. We forget the passion that it brings, unlike any other professional sport, unlike any other sport in general. College athletics are different for a reason. College football is different for a reason. We're a month away, but during this month, Between now and when college football begins, which is less than a month, we're a month away from Auburn, but we're less than a month from college football in general. During this time, let's remember why we love college football so much. Let's remember the times that we've had and the memories that we've created and the memories we have of watching college football for so long. 
the big plays, the big moments, the big games, the time with family and friends, the time that we have been with fans, the times that we've rushed the field, and the times we've even been upset and depressed about the results of our games. The game of college football is the best sport in the world. And here in the South, in the state of Alabama, there's nobody that knows that better than us. And sure, there's a lot of question marks about the season coming up. There's a lot of questions about what the game of college football will look like next year, five years, ten years from now. But one thing I hope that never changes is the love and the passion that we all have for college football. There's a reason it holds a special place in our lives. There's a reason we talk about it 365 days a year in this state. In the middle of July, the middle of June, in the middle of January, the middle of March when there is no college football, you know what we talk about? We talk about college football. We find a way to talk about it because it means so much. And as we're a month away from it, let's get excited. And let's remember why we love college athletics and love college football so much. It's the kids and the passion that they bring to the game and the passion that the fans bring to the game as well. We're a month away. It's time to get excited. It's time to find your jersey. It's time to get that routine down. Call your buddies. Call your friends. College football is right around the corner. Find your spot on the couch. Make sure your remote's got the batteries in it. Because college football is almost here. And it's going to be a great year. Whether you're an Auburn fan, whether you're an Alabama fan, whether you are a Washington Huskies fan, it's going to be a great college football season. We are one month away. Let's get excited, folks. I cannot wait. That's it for the Wednesday edition of On the Line. I'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.